And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, but today I'm joined by a special guest. If you're watching the video, which if you're watching this live, you should know by now all the places you can find the show live. But I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Brendan Dunlop. Dunlop, what is going on, my dude? How are you doing, man? What's good, man? What's good? Yeah, anyone who's watching the live video probably wonders why you've got a member of Sergio Scariolo's coaching staff <laughs> on your show with you, because that's how my locks are looking right now. I went through this, uh, you know, Sean Mendez phase with the curls, and now I'm at this, yo, is this guy like an agent for Benetton Treviso, or does he coach in the Q uh, Quebec Majors Junior Hockey League? Because that's, that's where I'm at with the, with the locks. <laughs> Yes, that's my guy, Mr. Brendan Dunlop. And, you know, we, we had to switch up the set a little bit here. Make sure you get my guy in the monitor if you're watching the video, because you should know by now. And if you don't, this is the Wrap It Up podcast, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show. We stream live after each and every Toronto Raptors game on a bunch of streaming platforms. We got a feed up on Instagram. But if you're on the Instagram feed, really what you should do is go elsewhere. Because on Instagram right now, you can only see my ugly mug, right? That's how that works. But if you want to see the full set, you want to get the full experience of what we do live here, you can go to Twitter, at Shell Alexander. You can go to Twitch, which that new page is set up, On Blast Podcast. You can go to YouTube, which is at Sheldon Alexander. Or you can go to, there's one other place I'm forgetting, but I think that's it, if that makes sense. Bottom line is, bunch of different places you can go. See, there's so many places where I don't even know where you can get the podcast now because there's just so much going on and we've just blown up maybe a little too fast. But hey, point is we got you covered. How you doing, Not man? too fast at all, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I think I think we only had four streaming platforms the last time I was on. So now that you've upped it to <laughs> seven, like, are you on Weibo yet in China? Are you doing that over the, the WhatsApp, the Twitter equivalent in China? Because that's if you're not there yet, that's obviously the next game. Not there yet, but, you know, working on it, working on it. But as mentioned. I like that it's on Twitch, man. You got to give the kids something else than just watching FIFA and NBA 2K and DJs, okay? Here's some more content for the Twitch. Yo, Twitch is, I mean, it's a conversation for another day, but it's an interesting world. I'll I'll just say that much. (laughs) But I'm here to talk about whatever, man, so so throw it at me. So as mentioned, we're up on Twitch, we're up on YouTube, we're up on Twitter, And, of course, on Instagram. Send in your comments and questions live because this is what we do. We talk about the Toronto Raptors after each and every game. And you know what? Let's be honest. After the last, what, five games for sure, it's been tough. It's been tough because this Raptors team has been dealing. They've been hit hard with the COVID protocols. They're still missing five regulars, including three of their starters. And this game, they lose. 118-95, to they lose their fifth straight game to the Chicago Bulls. Raptors now fall to 17 and 22 on the year. It, it's tough. Five in a row, seven out of eight losses in a, in a row. Like what, what do you make of this recent slide, Dunlop? Let's just start there and just how tough it's been to watch this team where you know depth would be an issue, but now when you strip that down even more, how tough has it been these last few games watching this team struggle? 
there are not too many teams that can hang in games when they're missing three of their top four guys, especially against a team like the Bulls, who, yeah, we're behind them in the standings coming into tonight. But this is a team that's hungry and thinks that they're, thinks that they're level with the Raptors. So uh, taking advantage on the second night of a back-to-back, something the Raptors have struggled with all season long. Um, it's, it's tough to watch them, man, because it's like there's not too many teams that can get by. Um, you know, in this moment right now where you're you're missing the key pieces that they're missing. So I do feel bad for Nick Nurse. And, you know, Norm stepped up tonight, I thought was huge. This is maybe that type of game that has everybody yelling, pay Norm now, write the check <laughs> while it's still cheap. Um, you know, regardless of the points, I thought, uh, what, he had 32, I think, in the end. But in the, in the first half, I just thought he was, he was hungry. He was really the only kind of drive there. And that's not a shot at Lowry. He was driving too for, I saw your... Uh, yeah. Some somebody was tweeting uh, Game of Thrones graphics like he's fighting he's he's fighting uh, you know an army all by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I felt like the 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 drive was there from Norm and Kyle's always going to bring it, but just as a whole, they can't hang with four quarters uh, right now. It was tough in this game. You look at it, and really, it was Norm with thirty two, Kyle with twenty. Boucher tried, you know, seventeen off the bench from Boucher. You can't really expect much more from him, but after that. Not much else from many of the Raptors. And you compare that to the Bulls. And Bulls had, okay, everyone that played for the Bulls was in double digits. Except for, so they had, what, nine players in double digits. That's insane, first off. But Patrick Williams, their rookie, led the way with 23 points. But the Bulls are a weird team. And, of course, Billy Donovan checking in with them this year giving them a different look as obviously he is more, he's better suited to be coaching a young team like this, right? A young team that needs to develop a young team that needs to learn. So that's interesting. But one thing I want to touch back on is you mentioned the back to backs for the Raptors and they show the graphic during the, during the game In the last three years on the second night of a back to back, the Raptors had a record of 26 and 11, which is first in the NBA. Okay, the last three years. This season, they now fall to one and seven, which is 30th in the NBA. And of all the things that we've talked about on this pod and beyond, you know, for this whole season, the biggest thing I keep mentioning is the lack of depth. That was my biggest worry heading into this season because over the last three years, Yes, you go back, you lose Kawhi, you lose Danny Green. Those are two vets that ate up a lot of minutes. Then, obviously, you lose Serge and you lose Marc Gasol heading into this year. Well, you need people that, if you, if, as I think, I feel like this is what I'm trying to say here as I round out the point. I feel like so much focus was placed on can Pascal be the man? Can, you know, Freddie be, you know, take over for Kyle? And we were on that stuff instead of figuring out well how do you fill in behind them right because the depth is a major issue that this team has struggled with and that to me is the reason why you see this this record of one in seven on the second night of back-to-backs there's no depth none at all i think they got pinched in a, a tricky situation because once they let serge go and marcus Hull left there wasn't really those type of replacements available. Mm-hmm. So they may do with Baines, you know, bring Watanabe in for, for some depth. And it's just, it's just not the same bench that was because yeah. you need more out of OG. You need Pascal to be the guy and he's still struggling to live up to that. So yeah, as far as depth is concerned, they were always, you know, held back um, and had the, you know, handcuffed to a certain extent, you know, throw in COVID protocol, the injuries that have dealt with this season, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that I can't get away from this the fact that they're living out of suitcases yeah they might be living yeah. in nice new rental properties they maybe have set themselves up nice for uh 
for a few months, but it's still, it's still not home. It's still not truly a routine. Right. And totally you just, you can't take away from that. So uh, I think you compound all the issues that the Raptors are dealing with right now. And to be honest, it's kind of amazing that they're still flirting with a, a playoff spot. And I think a lot of people would expect them to get their act together with the, you know, in the final stretch of the season here and be one of those eight teams. Yeah. And you know, You've been on the you've been on the pod a couple times, and I think one of the things that we always try to do here is have like realistic conversations about this Raptors team and where they're at. And at the start of the year, I took a lot of slack because I was saying if the Raptors finish in sixth or above this season, it will be a really good accomplishment just because the depth will be an issue, but also playing all road games would be an issue. So now yeah. when I look at this team and obviously you know we're seeing depth is definitely an issue as Aaron Baines continues to just be I I don't even know how to describe the Aaron Baines experience at this point but depth is such a problem and as you mentioned being in Florida being in Tampa it's just taken such a toll on this team and you've seen how fine the line is in terms of having your whole team or missing a piece and they can't seem to put it all together but if I look at the biggest problem and the lack of depth you mentioned not having surge well, you remove Surge and Mark, and now the bulk of those minutes go to Boucher and Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines in this game, let me write, find this because I wrote this down early. The Raptors in, this, in the first quarter, okay? They started off 2 for 12 in the paint to start this game. Aaron Baines, somehow, somehow Aaron Baines was 2 for 2 from 3, but 0 for 5 in the paint to start this game. I just don't get it at all. I have no, I, I don't understand Aaron Baines. It's been such a weird experience. People are mad that he starts over Boucher, but I don't really think that's, I like Boucher coming off the bench better. But what have you made of the Aaron Baines experience this season in terms of it being, let's be honest, a disappointment so far? Yeah, I mean, he's been a flop. They were hoping, they weren't expecting him to be Serge Ibaka. Uh, they weren't expecting him to be the Damari Carroll they acquired, but they wanted him to at least <laughs> contribute like the Damari Carroll that they got and he hasn't even done that <laughs> right so really it's hard to come it's hard to come off of it's hard to come off of that man that's that's all I'm seeing right now with base here's one thing I want you to pay attention to and I've been telling the people on the pod this whole season watch it how many times one of the first shots in a, in the game for the Raptors is Baines from three I don't understand it and, and it's like, dude, you're open for a reason. You're open because they're letting you be open. Stop shooting the three to start the game. I don't well, get you know, it. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to recklessly uh, speculate and say that uh, someone's doing something they shouldn't, but are there, are there props for how many like random threes that there can be now that gambling <laughs> is, uh, is legal all across the United States or a lot more places? Are there how many big man threes? Because I would wonder if maybe, Someone should look at uh, friends and relatives of Baines and see if that's a prop. Because in soccer, that was always the case with uh, the ball going out of bounds and corner kicks. Yeah. Like, Why is there so many early corner kicks? Yeah. Some people were getting involved in that. So maybe maybe that's, that's an NBA that's thing hilarious. to for. I mean, at least that would be an explanation. But whatever. <laughs> we, we, we talk about Baines. And I've hey, you could tell me anything at this point. I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, we talked about Baines. But his counterpart, Chris Boucher, who 17 points on... 7 of 12 shooting on the night, 1 of 5 from 3, not too good for Boucher, but overall, Chris Boucher, I would say, has been one of the biggest surprises or, you know, most consistent Raptors this season, and I I, I would assume for you, mo like most Raptors fans or people who follow the team, 
he surpassed expectations. But what do you think of Chris Boucher's development in the role that he's played on this team this season? It's super impressive. I mean, I think people were expecting him to take a big step this season. He's had to take a considerably bigger step, and I think that he's he's done that very well. Um, you know, there's still uh, parts of his games are, are, are raw. I think that, um, you know, there's some matchups where he's, he's just overmatched. Um, but he's really, I think, growing into a, a bigger role than anyone ever really would have expected for him. So, you, you know, remove him from the equation this season, and we're not talking about the Raptors floating with a playoff spot. We're talking about blowing it up completely. Um, Lowry's already gone if, if you, uh, you know, <laughs> remove him <laughs> remove him from, from this season. So I think it, it's pretty incredible what Chris Boucher has been doing, man. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people, uh, when you talk about Canadian basketball, there's a, a lot of people that might look over Chris Boucher, but yeah. uh, Raptors fans will definitely remind them that he's he's a part of that key Canadian cog right now, and that's pretty cool. So we, we mix things up a little bit here on the pod. Normally, you know, because I'm, I'm joined with a guest and I'm happy, so thankful for it. But what we'll do is I'll quickly go through the game. Not really, because we know what's been going down the last five. And then we'll take your comments and questions. So please, people, continue to send in your comments and questions wherever you're listening to this or watching this live, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on YouTube or on Twitch, send in your comments and questions. And I will try to answer them or ask Mr. Dunlop to answer them because he's a lot smarter than I am. But let's go through. But please throw those at me because you like you are. Can I just give you some props for how great you are at multitasking here? Because to do the show alone is one thing to get all the stats. You've seen the tweets and to be able to respond to these questions like on an IG live when it's just that when it's just (laughs) me and the questions. I struggle with the questions, man, and and keeping up with the comments and reading them. So props to you for, for being a super pro at that. Appreciate you, my dude. Appreciate you. But the real the real blessing is the followers the followers understand the people that watch the show they get it and they they understand what we're trying to do here and we're just having a conversation so there's a lot of times where i'll be reading something and i'll just like laugh out loud and and catch myself like oh i'm supposed to continue talking because if i don't read the comment then no one knows what i'm yeah anyways so i just assume it's inappropriate (laughs) you're not reading it and you're laughing it's clearly inappropriate but it made you laugh that's fair that's fair it happens it happens so really this game, if we really, I'm going to go through it a little like very quickly because let's be honest, it was a blowout, not as bad as last night's game against the Hornets, but I want to give the Raptors a lot of credit because I thought the way they came out to start this game deserves a lot of credit because Kyle Lowry early on, I tweeted it out. He was trying to control the game, control the pace of the game, get points up early to at least keep the Raptors in it. And how did he do that? Well, my guy was getting to the free throw line very early on. My guy had five free throws early. And what does that do? It changes the pace of the game, changes the tempo. He's establishing with the refs that he's being aggressive going to the basket. But also he's putting up points on the board while not exerting that much energy because he's resting while shooting these free throws. But the problem for the Raps was to close that first quarter. The Bulls close on an 18-8 run. They led 28-22 after one. Raptors shot 24% in the first quarter. But despite that, they were still only down six points. And that showed that there was at least room for if you play defense and you hang around and you hang around, you give yourself a chance. But I'm not going to be on. I'm going to be honest here. Sorry. I was going to say I'm not going to be honest, but I meant I'm going to be honest here for a sec. Reality set in for me, and I don't know what this was like for you, Dunlop, but I'll ask. Reality set in for me in the second quarter when the Raptors lineup they had out there 
was Kyle Lowry, Paul Watson, Matt Thomas, Utah Watanabe, and Henry Ellington. Or Ellingson, sorry. That's when reality set in to me that, oh, this is going to be a tough one. But again, I want to give them credit for those guys played hard and they played solid defense. They kept it close. They were still within striking distance. But what did you make from just some of the lineups the Raptors were putting out there and some of the opportunities that were given to some of these guys that, you know, in their normal situations wouldn't be taking off their warm-up suit to check into a game. But what did you make of some of these other guys? Because we talked about Norm, we talked about Kyle, but anyone else kind of stick out to you or that you want to see more from? Like They need more, especially with the team they have now? I mean, prior to getting embarrassed by Anthony Edwards, I thought that Utah Watanabe was making some real good improvements. I agree. And I think I think that he, you know, he deserves a, a few more minutes and a longer run out than maybe he's been getting. Um, but it's tough to look at this team, you know, and think about where they were just two seasons ago. And now you're looking at Raptors 905 being rolled out in the second game of a back-to-back. And you talk about the first quarter and what really impressed you. I had that same feeling. I held that same feeling until the Bulls went on a 9-0 run at the very end of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Because I had thought they, the Raptors had, had worked really hard to kind of close that gap. I'm not sure who was kind of on the floor before that run started. It may have been that five that you're talking about. <laughs> but leading up to that 9-0 run that the Bulls went on yeah. in the last minute and change, I thought, okay, the, like the Raptors are very much in this game. And then that run alone, just it's, it's the fatigue. The fatigue mm-hmm. of the entire season particularly this last five-game stretch, that that's why I say that this team just can't hang for four quarters like that, and it's it's unfortunate. The interesting part of that, and you're totally right about the fatigue, because that 9-0 run actually came when Norm subbed back in. And this mm. is the other part where people don't, you know, breaking down the next level of basketball, right? Which is kind of like the way too inside for most people, but when you're Kyle and Norm in this situation, when you have to carry the majority of the scoring load and you have to guard the other team's best players and you have to get other guys' shots and your own shots, like that's exerting a lot of energy. So when you're talking about fatigue and the run comes when Norm checks back in, we're not really seeing the same Norm, right? Like we're seeing a Norm and Kyle that have to pace themselves throughout the game because they got to yeah. save a little something for the end. So they might get beat on a blown defensive assignment that they might not that might not occur when the team is at full strength. And that's the real tough part. But you're right. That 9-0 run at the end of that, like just before the end of the first half, Bulls led by nine at the at halftime. And let's keep it a buck. The game was over very early in the third quarter. The the bench of the Bulls, which again, is the Bulls bench really that good? Or is it the Bulls bench playing against the Raptors deep bench that makes right. the Bulls bench look good? But Wendell Carter, Kobe White, Otto Porter, Jun- Otto Porter. Those guys were just getting buckets way too easy. And then by the time the fourth quarter rolled around and Denzel Valentine is shooting heat checks, I mean, that's when... He's feeling it. Oh. He was feeling it. Like, there's a guy who's super motivated because his alma mater just sneaked in by the skin <laughs> of their teeth. And yes. the, fir- the first four, Michigan State in the first four. Like, right? I can't believe we're looking at a tournament without Duke and Kentucky and in the middle of a pandemic. And I guess it's just fitting that, of course, you know, Michigan State would just barely get in and it's in the first four. Yeah. Here we go. March Madness. What a wild time, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It was cool to see Denzel Valentin kind of have a moment just because, uh, full disclosure, I'm totally biased. I'm a Michigan State uh, Spartans fan, uh, diehard. So I think he gets a lot of flack. 
um, as an NBA player, and he's never really kind of reached uh, the potential of maybe his his 14th draft selection, what people expected. But I, I think sometimes people are too harsh on him. And tonight, uh, he may have shut up a few people. Yo, I, I'm fully aware that Michigan State is your squad. I was just going to let you ride. I wasn't going to call you out <laughs> on it. I was going to let you ride, just, you know, talk your shit disclosure. while you can. Full disclosure to the people out there, you know, because sooner or later there's going to be some Portuguese guy drafted and he's going to be the best <laughs> player in the world, in my eyes, right? How Move quickly over would Shea you... and RJ. Now I'm talking about Nuno Espirito Santo, <laughs> seven foot two. How quickly would it take you to get that guy's jersey if the Raptors drafted a Portuguese guy? Oh my God. And are you kidding me? In a minute, <laughs> I would. I'd, I'd be I'd be going to the print shop right after the media availability. <laughs> Amazing. I got a comment here from someone we both know and love. Mr. LT checks in on Twitter. First thing he says is Dunlop, all caps, then says, I got drive to survive S3 in my queue right yes. now. Okay. But in relation to the game, he says, no benchmans on the wraps. Best not complain about playing time ever again. <laughs> which is very true. And the bench did struggle. And I mentioned those guys, the run that the Bulls had early in that third quarter, but I stopped charting it. But early in that third quarter, the Bulls had a 31 to 11 uh, lead in terms of bench points. And Mm -hmm. again, you're talking the Bulls bench against the Raptors deep, deep bench, because now the Raptors bench are starters. (laughs) So it's not really a fair fight, but this is, again, the season that, we're having because of the situation with COVID. And so you just got to ride it out. And the hope is they talked about this during the broadcast Raptors. Next game is in Detroit. Yeah. That's on Wednesday. They were going to go right to Detroit, but instead they're going to fly back to Tampa. And the hope is maybe you might be able to get, maybe some of those players that are out are able to come off of the health and safety protocol list and maybe some of the coaches as well. And then you had them to the rest of the team as you move to Detroit and hope to end this losing streak. But until then, this is a squad we got. And the chat on YouTube is ablaze. So I will get there and get some questions. Again, the people who are on uh, Instagram, if you click the link in bio, that'll send you to YouTube. You can send your comments, questions there. And you can see and hear Mr. Dunlop properly. Because right now on Instagram, I'm pretty sure you're struggling to hear him. Better audio, better audio, better quality. Everything is just better. Click the link in bio. But on YouTube, first comment says, I guess every time we play until we get our guys back, it's going to be an L. This is really bad. Ooh. Making the Lowry trade more of a reality with us losing so much. Shake my head. So the Lowry trade talk. Because I've been putting this off for a while. Because I don't want to be... I know it's going to really heat up as we get closer to the deadline. And I don't want to be repeating myself on every pod. But now that I'm here with someone live that, you know, the people can hear other takes. Let's have a bit of a discussion here about this Kyle Lowry, what to do with said Kyle Lowry as we get closer to the deadline. Raptors currently are, what's their record right now? 17 and 22. They are in 10th or 11th place, depending on what happens to the games tonight. Still pretty tight, though. You can swing quick. You can swing quick. Yeah, you are, what, three games out of six. So you can swing it pretty quickly once you get your team back. But I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts on what should happen with Kyle Lowry from now 
until the deadline. Should they trade I think, Kyle? I think Masai should be looking to trade him. It's unfortunate that I don't think he's they're going to get the return that they deserve. Mm-hmm. I think that Kyle Lowry will go to a team, and I would assume that Masai would be looking to trade him to a team that is contending, and he would have an immediate impact to get this contending team uh, you know, over the hump. Would they? Does that mean that they're going to be able to stop LeBron or the Nets, depending on which conference he's traded to? No, it doesn't mean that. But they're certainly going to have a much better chance because he's going to walk right into a team, you know, as driven as ever, and elevate a, te- uh, a challenging team that's already close and uh, you know already feeling themselves a little bit. Um, he's going to be the piece that 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 team really wants. So it be that the Sixers potentially. I mean, I don't I don't know what the Sixers would want to part with. I don't know what the Raptors would want. Yeah. Same goes for the Clippers. I don't know if I, I heard a, a great chat. Mark Spears was talking about how great a fit the Clippers would be, and I hadn't really thought about it. And to be honest, if he does leave, that's exactly where I want to see him go. I yeah. want to see him go and reunite with, uh, with Serge and Kawhi and, and look to push them over over the edge, and uh, they might be able to do it, man. See, you know what's so funny about that? I'm with you. I would love to see that happen as well. But I feel like we're in the minority in terms of Raptors fans. I feel a lot of Raptors fans, if they're honest with themselves, they have a serious hate on for the Clippers. And of course, like I get it. I, I understand it. They stalked Kawhi for a whole year, blatantly tampered for a whole year in their recruiting of trying to get Kawhi. And, and it worked, right? Because he ended up signing there. Um, and obviously, Serge left the Raptors to join the Clippers as well. So I don't know. Like, it would take a lot for the Raptors, I think, to trade Kyle Lowry there as well. The Clippers also don't have assets, so it probably, the most likely scenario would be, it'd have to be a three-team deal in which the Raptors would be retaining assets from elsewhere. So that one's tough. That would be a dream scenario because, yeah, then we'd be all in cheering for the Clippers to beat LeBron, right? That'd be so much fun. The Philly thing is the most interesting to me. Because it's a place where I could see Kyle being okay with, you know, like him saying, yeah, I'd go to Philly because obviously hometown and all that stuff. But also they have some interesting assets because the NBA is weird and and not going to go too deep into the salary cap and all that because that's boring. But You don't want to talk escrow right now and wrap it up? (laughs) But basically to make a trade, you need the contracts to add up, right? So you'd have to take back like Danny Green and uh, Mike Scott probably to have the contracts be close. But really, you'd be making that trade. You'd be hoping to get some combination of draft picks, Thibold, and Maxi. If you're telling me we could get Maxi and a first-round pick, I'm in on that deal if I'm Masai Ujiri. I understand why they might not do the trade, but... At the end of the day, I think it really just comes down to Kyle Lowry. And I think they've said as much, but they're going to basically ask Kyle, what does he want to do? And it depends on where the Raps are in the, on, in the standings. That's what makes it really tough. Because you want to get assets back for him, obviously. But at the same time, for what he's meant to your franchise over the last seven years, and I'm just talking about the winning of the last seven years, like that's incredible and i think you owe it to him to go out how he wants to go out if he wants to be traded to a contender cool if he wants to ride it out and make the playoffs with this team also cool i'm okay with that the thing that i talked to you beforehand though that i said we might bring up is what to do with norm powell 
that is an interesting conversation to me that's not getting enough buzz. And just so people are aware of the scenario, Norm has a player option for next season, right? That player option is worth, I think, $11.6 million. That means Norm could just sign that option and he's back making 11 mil for next season. Or the more likely scenario is he opts out of that deal and becomes a free agent. So my question to you now, Mr. Dunlop, as I read off the current stats of tonight's game in which the Raptors did lose, they did lose again, but we know that Norman Powell was the team leader in scoring yet again with 32 points. And if I tell you that Norm over his last 10 games is averaging over 24 points per game, my question to you right now is what should they do with Norm Powell? You know, I think a, a lot of people have picked up new mental uh, wellness habits in mm -hmm. lockdown. And I wonder if diary writing is one of them for Norm Powell. Ooh, okay. Because if it was, he's definitely writing on the bus before they even get back to the hotel <laughs> to the plane. He's definitely writing, I am opting out. And today's, today's date and the stat line that you just read out, he's writing down. Uh, I think the Raptors are in a really tricky situation, man, because I would have thought leading up to kind of this stretch that – he is a player who you could afford to part with, mm -hmm. and he's a player who you might not be able to replace immediately, uh, but I think that they would be able to replace kind of in a team setting. This is the problem with Norm is that he's he's very inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, for nights like tonight, and as I said, you know, as driven and as hungry as he seemed, as much of an engine as he was in that first, first half, um, you know, you're just not getting that for 48 minutes uh, yeah. a night with Norm. So I have a tough time looking at my checkbook and trying to balance how I'm going to pay him more than 11 million. Uh, yeah. But really the, the situation that they're in right now, I do feel like they, they feel that they got to, they got to give him the money. They got to keep him around. And maybe, maybe you can work on some type of bridge deal. You know, he's been a, he's been a great soldier for the mm -hmm. team. He's definitely been a great Raptor who, uh, you know, who I think deserves to be treated well. Um, but, um, but I'm not writing a check for 18 million. Not for Norm. Well, the other thing that's interesting is, and it's happening in some other sports, because I think I saw someone report, it was an NFL reporter talk about how a receiver reached out saying that their agent is fully aware they're only going to sign a one-year deal. And that's because of the situation we're in, which is a pandemic, and you have a bunch of owners crying poor. So they're going to try to reset the market and pay people less. We don't know yeah. what that's going to look like in the NBA at all, but you mentioned the 18 mil and for context purposes, let's remind ourselves OG and Obi just re-signed. And so OG's making 16. Then that goes to 17, then 18, then 19 mil in the 2024, 2025 season. If I'm Norm Powell, don't I have to make more than OG? If you're Norm Powell, <laughs> you're definitely asking for more. If I'm Norm's 100%. agent, right? <laughs> So this is where it gets interesting. And to me, I'm already thinking that Kyle Lowry is probably gone, right? Like I'm, I'm assuming that he might be priced out unless there's no other suitors for him and he takes a huge pay cut. Right. But to me, the norm thing is way more interesting. What do they do with norm? Cause if there were, if this was a cutthroat business, which we know this is not how the Raptors operate, you could make an argument for trying to trade Kyle and norm if they're far out of the playoffs and just trying to retain some form of assets instead mm -hmm. of the likely scenario of both of them just leaving for nothing. So it's super interesting to see, like, I have no idea what's going to happen, but this deadline what, is going to be interesting for sure. 
what do you want to see? At the deadline, I don't see them trading, looking to trade Norm. I think that they're going to end up in a situation where they leave it too late, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe they they would entertain an offer, but I don't know what phone call is coming in for Norm that they think we got to do this. Who, like, who is it? Is it the Knicks? Is it that tier below yeah. um, the Sixers and the Clippers that are looking to build? I don't know if, if that's a phone call that's happening. If it is, then I would listen to it. Um, but as I said, I feel as though, you know, the, the Raptors are in a spot where they, it, it's too unpredictable to name a replacement for him. So that's why I think they do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough to see. And, and I know it's tough for Raptors fans to look beyond what's happening right now, because it seems like, you know, everything's closing in on the Raps and, you know, you're having talks about tanking and March Madness is about to start. So you're about to hear people talk about Cade Cunningham a lot over the next (laughs) weekend for sure. So a lot of talk going on, but this is where I urge people to relax just a little bit. And as you mentioned earlier, you hope that everyone's healthy. You hope that everyone comes back and you know that your team's not going to be as bad as they've shown the last few games when everyone comes back so you just hope people are healthy and things will take care of themselves uh but i got a bit uh, some updates here because kyle lowry as we know at the end of that game got ejected on a weird play which i don't know like you it was so weird i didn't understand it he threw the ball down the court at a ref but the ref teed him up it was weird i didn't get it but here's what kyle said after the game he said I don't ever talk about the officials, but this is crazy. I'm going to be very smart about what I say, but I just want consistency on both ends. I really didn't do anything, but hey, sometimes egos get bigger. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> well, Jack said it in the on the broadcast, and I also want to ask you what music you think Jack golfs to, because he also mentioned that. that he's got to a point in his life where he has to have a little bit of music while he's out there golfing, so we can discuss what the playlist is. Yeah. I don't know if there's any hove. Well, there might be some Drizzy on there, but I don't think he made it himself. The amount of times that, that Drake's been on the broadcast, probably Drake slides into Jack's playlist maybe once or twice for sure. Uh, another quote here that I found interesting because it leads into a comment someone wrote in. But Nick Nurse in his post game said, it's a little frustrating tonight, I think. You're giving a lot of guys shots and they miss a few and you try somebody else and they get the same looks and they don't do any better. So it was a tough night for us on that front and it's too bad. Ooh, that's that's really tough. And the reason I brought that up is because if I could find the comment now, which of course now that I brought it up, I won't be able to find it because there's so many here on YouTube. But uh, here we are. Um, Aisha says, these are rare opportunities for some of our bench players to shine and they just don't show up. I feel for Kyle. He creates all those open shots for others. Nobody scores. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's tough to be Kyle Lowry, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's tough to be Kyle Lowry. Yeah, definitely right there. I, I wish that the some of these guys off the bench would have had a, a better night tonight so that we're talking about a closer game for one. And maybe that Nick Nurse can be a you know a comforted going into the next game and looking looking at the schedule. But if you compare the good feeling that Billy Donovan has versus mm-hmm. the bad feeling that Nick Nurse has tonight, as weird as that finish was, I think to be honest, it's probably the ejection that will have them talking more so than the rest of the game, really, because yeah. I think B- Billy Donovan has much more reason to feel good than Nick Nurse to feel bad. This isn't the full this isn't the full team. The second night of a back to back. There were some bright spots there in that first half. So 
really it's you know you, you want you want more from the bench they just they just haven't been getting it but uh, you mentioned hope before you just got to hope that uh, everybody gets healthy and i've been beaten over the head with that commercial that hope is not a plan but i'm with you i just hope that everybody's healthy okay and i, I don't want to be reminded of that commercial anymore <laughs> Uh, Dante says, dang, I missed the game. Kind of glad I missed this and the last game. <laughs> Very depressing. I, think- I mean, that's that's really last night's game was was bad because it was a blowout from the get go. And I'm normally not a silver linings guy. I'm not a moral victories guy. But when you're talking about the team that the Raps are putting out there, it was at least better to see a lot more. Uh, of a of a fight put up in tonight's game than last night's game. Last night's game was just a blowout from tip. And so to come out on a second night of a back-to-back and at least give the Bulls a go, you got to walk away and say, all right, at least you take a lot more from this game and say, well, we missed a lot of wide-open looks. That's on us. That's our problem we can fix, right? They dug in tonight in a way that they seemed incapable of doing last night. Yeah. You know, but it, it, for your man who missed the game, what's with the, the nine o'clock Eastern tip-offs on a Sunday night? Okay, so, what you, who are you catering to in Chicago at eight o'clock? Did they not move the clocks forward? Was it seven in the Central Time Zone? Like what happened? That's what I was wondering. I was like, is it nine o'clock because the time went back, and so the Raps are traveling in on a second night of a back-to-back? Is that why they moved it an hour later? Maybe I don't know. I don't know, but I, I did find I don't it. Know weird. How the, I don't know how the local TV system works. Someone asked Swarsky. To uh, the Chuckster and, and Chuck to tell us tell us why he probably understands the scheduling, but there's got to be some states that don't move the clocks, right? Because I think Saskatchewan never moves the clock. There is a time zone, and I don't know what it is, but there is a time zone that doesn't move the clocks. That is correct. I do know that much. Don't know where it is, but I know that's a thing. Someone will be able to tell. I bet someone will tell us in the chat for sure. Yeah. Someone from Saskatchewan on Twitch right now, please tell us. Um, Elijah says, I hope we play mad when we see Detroit revenge game as the Raptors obviously lost to Detroit a couple weeks back or not even a couple weeks back, maybe a week. It just seems like a long time ago because yeah. I mean, it's been a lot going on in Raptors land. Uh, more it does co- feel ages ago, but also too, like, do, do Raptors fans have any sympathy for the Pistons? I mean, <laughs> It's a there's a it's nice to kind of have that rivalry back mm-hmm. when we were able to go to games. It was a quick trip. I think there are a lot of people that wanted to see Dwayne Casey do well. Yeah. There's a lot of people that might have may have liked Stan Van Gundy and Blake uh, and Blake Griffin at, at one point. But I just think the NBA would be in a better place if the Pistons were good. I fully admit my bias with Detroit. Like I want them to succeed. I like Dwayne Casey. I think Dwayne Casey is a is a good dude. He's good peoples. I think. You know, whatever the credit is that he gets for the Raptors' success and in like eventually winning the championship, it's not enough because yeah. like he really changed the culture in this city. That whole pound the rock stuff and like bringing it defensive intensity night in, night out, all that stuff. Like when the it was a tough, tough time and tough years, and he really did change the culture of this team. And was it enough? Was he able to get them over the hump? No. Uh, if you ask him, would he probably have liked to have a chance at the Eastern Conference when there's no LeBron and he has Kawhi Leonard? Probably, right? He'd probably like that opportunity, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And so to watch him struggle in Detroit is tough. 
but I do hope they they figure some things out when they're not playing the Raptors. <laughs> Fair, I'm with you, man. I think I I feel like a lot of people listening would agree with that too. Uh, this comment and there's a bunch of people saying this in the chat, and I'm only bringing it up to remind people who might not be familiar. But someone says they should cancel the games until the players come back from the COVID list. If it was the Lakers or the top three teams, they would have canceled it. I'm only reading this comment to dispel this myth that this is some like Raptors only issue. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid missed the first game back from uh, the All-Star break. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid missed games earlier on this season for the exact same reason that Pascal and Fred are out now. Jason Tatum missed about a week or two with the same thing like Jason Tatum which doesn't get a lot of play but Jason Tatum came back in a week ago was doing interviews in which he was talking about having trouble still running up and down the court and breathing properly and that's after he missed a bunch of time and then came back um Paul George and Kawhi Leonard missed a full week of games for the Clippers because and I mean that's when Reggie Jackson was everyone's favorite fantasy pickup because Paul George and Kawhi were out for a week because they were on the COVID list. My point is why I'm bringing this up. This isn't a Toronto-only thing, and there's been a bunch of teams, if not the majority of the teams in the league, have had at least a week when they're dealing with this issue. And for Raptors fans, what I would urge you to do is maybe think about it from the side of at least it came about when there was a week off for the all-star game because how many more games would it have been if there wasn't a week off for the all-star game so the first thing again that i'll always bring up is i hope everybody is safe i hope everyone comes back healthy and okay but just know this is not a raptors only problem this is something that's gone on across the entire league jimmy butler missed like about a month for the miami heat the Heat had games where they missed a bunch of players as well. And if you look at the standings, Jimmy Butler's been back. And all of a sudden, the Miami Heat are back in business. They're in like fifth place right now. So, Raptors fans, I'm just here to remind you, paint the other side of the picture, give you the full the full scope. This is not a Raptors-only issue. This is something that is happening to a bunch of teams throughout the league. Just Attitude hope. of gratitude, Raptors fans. It right? could be way worse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But Mr. Dunlop, anything else you want to bring up about this game or just in general or how, how you doing, man? This is good. This yeah. has been fun. I like this. Yeah, I've enjoyed this, man. Thanks for opening up and let me talk some basketball with you. because we're, we're both watching the game and uh, we're hoping for a, a much better outing than last night. So at least we got that. But yeah, it's, it's been it's been rough to watch the, the Raptors struggle, man. And I find I think a lot of people would say that as interested and as engaged as they want to be um they're they're a bit less and maybe that means that you miss a game here or there maybe it means you're not you're not catching all four quarters you 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 know you uh, open score mobile and see the raptors are being blown out and you don't turn the end of the game on um so that's it's it's weird that the raptors have kind of become that team again i think for for a lot of people and who knows what the what the actual ratings in the end will uh, will prove to be uh, for the season it's just such a such a strange weird season but as far as the broadcast goes one of the notes i made shout out to your girl glow girl smile for making the broadcast and the fan fan selection i did see uh, that i did see tangerine that. fan angle there so i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool um but yeah man i just enjoy you know talking basketball and uh and talking sports with you man this is cool 
Well, as you know, you have an open invite whenever you want. Send over the message and I will make make it work. I'll figure it out and we will get you on the pod anytime you want. Open invite for sure. Thank you for tuning in and joining me, Mr. Dunlop. And of course, tell the people where they can follow you on the social medias. If they want to comment and, you know, get some of your, your, wit, your witty banter or online content. My witty banter, yes, and my my clever sports TikTok. That's I'm trying to change the sports TikTok game. You know, there's okay. kind of like there's kind of two layers. There's hot takes these these young Twitchers trying to be a, a new Sid Sixero, and then there's some some sports comedy. Um, there's actually some really clever and creative stuff on there. So uh, I'm Brendan underscore Dunlop on all the socials, including Clubhouse. Um, so yeah, give me a follow and uh, and connect. I got a lot going on. Definitely follow Mr. Dunlop for sure. I highly recommend it um one of my dudes and one of the the good guys in this industry for sure so really appreciate him tuning in and joining us here on this pod and as always i really appreciate everyone else all you viewers watching us live whether you're rocking out with us on instagram or twitter or twitch or youtube really appreciate all the comments and questions because without you guys i wouldn't be here doing this podcast it's just that simple so greatly appreciate you guys joining in on the conversation especially times like this where it's tough right we try to create a safe space for raptors fans to talk and air your grievances and discuss what's going on and there's one last comment i'll read here from uh, an account that's titled let's talk raps oh no sorry it's from dante dante says sheldon is a voice of reason that prevents us all from jumping out the window you are appreciated <laughs> listen okay i agree with dante man listen. i agree all I try to do is because I start from the, the point of what did what were your expectations coming into the season? And so you're never really riding too high, getting too low. You just got to ride it out and know there's an explanation for why the team struggles. You know that you have a pretty solid team that is going to be in the thick of the playoff race. And that's where they are. They got off to a tough start adjusting, as you mentioned, Dunlop, to a season where you're playing in Tampa, your practice court is a, a gym like ballroom or a hotel ballroom that they converted into a practice facility for you. So there's so much golf all the time. There's so many distractions down there. You can order food from wherever you want, <laughs> right? You can sit inside. Yeah, I know so much going on. And so the, the thing is, it was like, they got off to a tough start. Okay. You can expect that they figured things out. They started making a bit of a run and then they got hit with this situation with the COVID protocols. And that's just the nature of what this season is. So you hope everyone will be back and then they'll be right back in the thick of the playoff race. That's it. In the meantime, between time though, we'll be here discussing everything else that happens after each and every game. Again, we're live after every Toronto Raptors game streaming live on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube, like and subscribe in all those places. And of course, if you ever miss a podcast, we got you covered wherever you get your podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the aforementioned YouTube. Please like and subscribe. That's how we keep this podcast moving. Share it. Tell your friends. All that fun stuff. And you never know. You get surprises like Mr. Brendan Dunlop blessing us 
with his presence here. You just never know what who will show up or what will be going on here. But I thank you guys for always being here and joining in with me on this the Wrap It Up podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. As I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On blast.